actually what happened. You lost a fight. I don't remember. Trust me. You lost. Phelan's skull. So you do remember. That's good. Why? It means you still have a chance. Chance? To live. Tell me what's going on. I'm here to finish your training. It's a little late for that. One is never too old to learn, Snips. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to our 216th Wildly Walking Between Worlds episodes of Mandavision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We are so glad you're here. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, on social media, on uh, X slash Twitter, whatever they call it now, and on Instagram. Find us at Mando underscore Vision. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, welcome aboard, everybody. We're so glad you're back. I'm a little late with the episode, but it's okay. We're still going to be on Wednesday. It's coming out today, just later than expected. Uh, had some travel going on. Just got back into town. Watched the episode last night. Watched it again today on the plane ride home. I, and, like, and like all of you, I, I have my thoughts. I have my feelings. And uh, they're generally positive. By and large, for this episode, I, I did really uh, enjoy a lot of the things they did in, it, did in this episode. Uh, there was a few elements to it that um, I found a little distracting. A little, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them. Don't worry. There's gonna be time to, to knit the picks, pick the knits, and, and and talk about all the the all the other goodies that we get into in this episode because it is uh, a lot in this episode. Another another long fifty-ish minute episode of the show. Um, I think I think. If you don't count the credits, it, it clocks in a little bit less than like 48 minutes, I think. But still, uh, a lot going on in the episode itself. There's a lot to sort of digest, sort of process. Uh, and again, I still have to wonder after this episode, what are 
the people who've never seen Clone Wars and Rebels thinking when they've when they watch this episode do, do they sort of do they sort of have a better understanding of the Anakin and Ahsoka relationship now or are they just sort of in the dark about all of it because it wasn't in the movies that they saw so they don't understand any of it uh, I, I, I've heard both sides of, the, of, of I guess I've heard from both camps on that of, of, of people who you know didn't watch Clone Wars or Rebels they seem to be enjoying the show just fine uh, which is good I think that I think that will maintain but I will I will be curious if this episode uh, has has uh, those people in my life who 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 get to interact with me on a, on a regular basis uh, if next time I see them uh, if they will be uh, just just hammering me with, with questions about about you know more of their relationship and, and things like that so uh, how are the newbies in your in your life handling the, the series so far uh, let me know I'm very very curious how it's all going but by and large uh, whether they're plugged in with Clone Wars and Rebels or not the I, th- I think by and large this show has been uh, massively successful. Uh, people seem to be talking about it in, in very much positive light, uh, and that's a good thing. And 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 you know, again, there's always going to be those those nits to pick. We're always going to sort of have uh, uh, our own ideas about things and 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 how we would have liked me like maybe like to have seen things handled. But that that is what it is, and and we'll we'll, we'll get into those things on the podcast here. But yeah, by and large, I think this show has been excellent thus far, and I'm really excited to talk about this episode because uh, there's just a lot of it to kind of, kind of pull back, and we get we get some answers to some of the some of the questions that I posed, some of the some of the things I was like a little concerned about that are, that are brought up in earlier episodes in this in the season. Um, and some of those things get addressed in the in the in this episode, and and so we'll we'll go back and we'll kind of like talk about those talking points that I had and, and, and look at how we and how, how we have to recontextualize all that stuff uh, because I, th- I think this episode gave us some more backstory stuff that we really needed uh, to fill in the gaps you know like what's been going on with Ahsoka since the last time we saw her at the end of Rebels um, why, and, and again we pointed it out after the first episode that when they recreated that sequence uh, you know where Ahsoka goes and picks up Sabine Wren and they're looking at the mural and all that stuff we we mentioned we mentioned some of the differences between what was in the end of Rebels and what was in that first episode of Ahsoka, and I think now we get a bit of a explanation as to why it's a little bit different, and and we'll talk about all those things. So let's go ahead and get everything out of the way, all of our, our particulars that we need to handle. This is Ahsoka, season one, part five, Shadow Warrior. Original air date September twelfth, twenty twenty three. Written and directed by Dave Filoni. Our primary cast for this week's episode, Rosario Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Evan Witten, Genevieve O'Reilly, Paul Sun-Hung Lee, Ariana Greenblatt, David Tennant, and of course, the guest star extraordinaire who uh, uh, elevates this episode to another level, Hayden Christensen, back as Anakin Skywalker, having a chat, a confrontation, a duel with his former Padawan, his former apprentice, Ahsoka Tano. So, our plot this week, Ahsoka confronts her past while Hera and her allies undertake a rescue mission. Alright, let's go ahead and dive into it. There's a lot to get to, folks, and you're, I, I'm, I'm hoping you're as excited to get into it as I am. So, it's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Mom, listen. No, listen to the waves. General? 
What are we listening for? Don't you hear it? The waves crashing? No. The lightsabers. Carson, get your squadron airborne. I need you out over the ocean, low altitude, full sweep. We already did that. Well, we're doing it again. Liang, you're with me in the Ghost. Right away. Jason, good work. Chopper, stay with him. What am I missing? What just happened? Jason has abilities. His father, Kanan Jarrus, was a Jedi. Yeah, you're right. We let that one run long, but I have to be perfectly honest with everybody. That might have been one of my favorite moments of this particular episode of the series. Uh, um, moment of the <laughs> I should say of the series. That's a bit of a bold statement, but of this episode, and this is an episode full of like really, really cool moments, kind of being brought to life, and 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 uh, that one just sort of hit for me, like in a really big bad way. I, I don't. I, I sometimes think I um, underestimate my love for Star Wars Rebels. And then you drop Kanan Jarrus' name, and I get, like, all emotional and choked up about it. I was like, oh, my God, it's so sad that boy doesn't have his father. Which is, again, a very Star Wars trope. But <laughs> I thought it was just a really well-executed scene uh, uh, handled masterfully by Dave Filoni. And uh, it really allows Jason Sandula a chance to kind of shine for, for a moment. He's, he's sort of been uh, gradually picking up uh, a little bit more momentum as this, this series has played out. Uh, and for him to get a cool moment like that, I, I, I think really opens the door for the character moving forward. Uh, of, of course, we have to ask ourselves the the uh, the when it comes to Jason Sandula, the elephant in the room, of course, is well. Does does Kylo Ren kill him at Luke Skywalker's academy? Does Ben Solo chop him in little bitty pieces when he decides to destroy Luke's academy? We're not going to go down that road. Let's not, let's not go down that particular path today. We, we can play Star Wars Speculation Theater another time. But, uh, yeah, we hit that moment for the bump because I just thought it was awesome, and I wanted to make sure it got included in this week's episode because, to me, it hits really hard. I love it. Great, great scene, great moment. Uh, the episode basically picks up where we left off last episode, right? It, everything's in peril. Everything's up in, you know, no one knows what's happening. Hera's on the ground looking to find out what happened to Sabine and Ahsoka uh, when she finds Hoang lamenting. The, the, their disappearance by holding Sabine's Mandalorian helmet and, and, and talking about how they were better when they stick together, but why would they ever listen to Hoang? Uh, again, a, a great moment for David Tennant in this uh, as, as he sort of sort of underlines the fact that he's that, that Hoang himself is sort of the heart and soul of the show in a sense, as he sort of articulates all these feelings that, that we as an audience have. Um, he's the one who sort of is our, our voice on that, on the, a lot of these things, which I think is very, very interesting. Uh, Hoang also has a couple other really great moments in this episode as well, particularly when he's talking to Hera about Ahsoka's, you know, master and what he was like. 
and and just uses the word intense. <laughs> I think intense is an, almost an understatement for Anakin Skywalker. But uh, <laughs> and again, it, it, it's on another scene too where we sort of have to wonder like, did us did Ahsoka tell Huang about Anakin Skywalker and, and like where it all goes, or is it still like the big galactic secret that we believe it to be? I'm I'm very curious if Ahsoka confided in in Huang about this uh, because intense is very is a very Good choice of words, but I, again, sometimes I think it may be too too small of a word. And then again, referring to when he's talking to Hera about why people like her, because, it's because she cares, and people know that. So Wang has a lot of really great stuff in this episode. I just want to make sure I highlighted that. Again, we talked about the Hera and uh, the Hera and Jason with the lightsabers and the waves. Absolutely loved it. Great to see more of, of Carson Teva in the show. Always good to check in with him. The the sort of bummer of this episode is and you know we're gonna get to the juicy juicy meat of the episode soon but I, I one of the things i'm sort of bumping up against and it's not because i think they're doing it wrong or any of those things it's just one of these elements that like <laughs> i know why they're doing it it just frustrates me I, I i i can't handle and again we all know it's coming but the ineptitude of the new republic uh it, it's just so so ridiculous to me, you know, their uh, interference in this particular episode, arriving at Seafoss way late in, this, late in the game uh, so they can attempt to bring back Ahsoka and, and Hera to, to because Hera's going to be facing charges of insubordination and they use like that clumsy term, uh, the permanent uh, per, what do they say, permanent suspension of her rank isn't that just called being revoked or, or you know like a court martial or something like that I, I suppose there's a better. I, I would imagine there's a better term for it than permanently revoked, or permanently suspended. I, now, now I'm confusing myself which words they actually use. But I, I just thought it was clunky. But yeah, it, it's annoying me how uh, uh, blind the New Republic is to things, and that's not too dissimilar from a lot of stuff in uh, whether it's the old expanded universe stuff or the new canon that we're being in, introduced to via uh, the, the Mandalorian, or even the the novels that are coming out. Uh, prior that that are taking place prior to uh, rise, um, excuse me, the Force Awakens. You know, we we sort of see that the New Republic is you know it's the same as the old Republic. It, it's full of uh, corrupt self self involved bureaucrats. Uh, and and was the galaxy really better off with the death of the Empire? I mean, of course it was. Tyranny's bad, but you know, bureaucratic red tape is not fun for anybody, anyways. So at a certain point, I have to wonder, like, what will Hera? push back she's she's having these these chats with mon mothma right but she hasn't really pushed back and, and, and at what point does Hera begin to question you know why is she fighting for this this new republic why is she still actively engaged in this she sees the levels of bureaucracy does she still believe you know does someone like or like like Leia Organa keep her uh, uh keep keep help help her keep the hope alive that this will be a better government than the one before it uh, at, when, at what point does Harris say, you know, screw this? I got a ship. I'm gonna go help my friends. I'm out of here. Well, that ship may hit, literally have sailed <laughs> away in this episode. So if Harris gonna be involved in the rest of the season, it may not be till the very, very end, uh, when she'll either rally the New Republic forces or she's gonna have to go go rogue once again. But that is a very Star Wars method, right? Going rogue. We love it when our heroes go rogue. And so they spend a lot of time. Hera, Huang. Carson Teva, looking for Sabine, looking for her. So we're trying to figure out what the heck's been going on on Cephas. Um, and, you know, that that's sort of like something I guess I could have done a little bit 
less of. Again, the, the moment with Jason and Hera is great, but there's so much going on with Ahsoka and Anakin in the world between worlds that I sort of wish we had spent a little bit more time in there. But again, they ha I know they have to tell the story in a certain way. Um, I, I just I I just had the, the, it was such a wonderful opportunity to, for Anakin and Ahsoka's characters to have like a really much needed sort of dialogue. Uh, but of course, it's also Star Wars too, so they're never going to give you everything you want in those conversations. There's there's a lot of uh, cryptic talk. There's a lot of mysticism involved. There's no direct answers. No one's really straightforward about anything. But it's a much needed conversation because it illuminates some of the things that I've wondered about with Ahsoka since this series started. Now, remember, we've we've pointed out, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only person doing it. There's a big chunk of time for Ahsoka where we don't really know where her head has been. You know, we're getting clues to what's been going on with her since Rebels, but you know, her appearance in the first episode, her sort of being this 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 locking in on Jedi stoicism, uh, sort of being more uh, traditional in, in, in Jedi senses, uh, not being as uh, open with her emotions as we've seen her in the past. You know, and and, and we talked about it before too. Her appearance is different in that first episode of Ahsoka when she picks up Sabine and they go on the search for Ezra, right? You know, when we see her in Rebels, she's wearing all white. In the first episode in this season, when they recreate the scene, she's wearing gray. Uh, and now we start to get a little bit more idea of what's going on here, the sort of inner turmoil that Ahsoka has, the inner conflict that she's going through. Uh, and a lot of it stems from the, her notion of her her perception of her legacy and and believing that because she is the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker that Darth Vader the ability the potential to be a Darth Vader like level character is within her too uh, and so this episode is is mostly about confronting that and 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 trying to show that the legacy that she has is more than just Anakin Skywalker. It's everyone who came before Anakin Skywalker. We're talking about the entire line, right? That, you know, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, uh, Dooku, Yoda, you know, it goes back. There's a, a, a big, rich history. And again, if you examine that line, we mentioned Dooku, another guy who went to the bad side. Uh, so in in one sense, this is, this is about Ahsoka really just kind of confronting uh what's inside of her if she has the capacity to be a Darth Vader right uh, and it's it's through the conversation through the actions through the interactions excuse me with Anakin Skywalker and and, and two particular particularly key moments are provided by two flashbacks uh, courtesy of being in the world world between worlds and uh, the first one was the one that really really kind of took my breath away at first because I just was like whoa Wait a second here. And that is going back to the beginning of the Clone Wars, to a young Ahsoka, played by Ariana Greenblatt, uh, and, and, and wonderfully portrayed by her as well. I really love the scenes between Ariana Greenblatt and, and uh, Hayden Christensen. I thought they had like, a, a legit chemistry here. I, and I loved seeing young Ahsoka from the beginning of the Clone Wars. It looks like they're on the Battle of Ryloth. I could be mistaken. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume it's the Battle of Ryloth because I did see Twi'leks. But again, they could have just been freedom fighters on another planet. I've also I've also seen it a rumor that it might have been the Battle of Teth, but I'm going with Ryloth on this just because the presence of Twi'leks would seem to indicate otherwise. <laughs> but
but what also was really cool, and again, this is for us deep cutters, right, who um, have that Clone Wars knowledge. Seeing Hayden Christensen don the 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 costume, the outfit, the uniform of Clone Wars era Anakin Skywalker, the one that we saw in the animated series for so, so long. Seeing that brought to life on Hayden Christensen. It was very, very cool. And again, Ariana, Ariana Greenblatt, I think, was a wonderful embodiment of the young, uh, the young Ahsoka Tano, especially because we're at that early battle in the Clone Wars when it's like her first time out in the battlefield, and she's asking all these questions. Now it's a little, it's a little, because we're in the world between worlds. Ahsoka can have these questions and look at things from a different perspective. But we have to remember Ahsoka too. She was more than willing to be out there in the midst of the of the war uh, in the Clone Wars movie. In the first episodes of the animated series, she wasn't she wasn't shy about getting involved in the action. She wanted to be in part of the action. So I think we have the older Ahsoka looking at things and questioning, like, why? Why was this the way it had to be? Why did I have to learn to be a soldier? And Anakin explains that the Jedi have to adapt to the times. That the Jedi, at the time when Anakin was inducted, they were keepers of the peace. But then the Clone Wars happened, and they had to become uh, soldiers of the Republic. And so he had to train Ahsoka to be a soldier, because that was the only way... She was going to survive, and it's it's a really interesting conversation. It's 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 it 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 causes Ahsoka to ask a lot of questions that I think we all wondered about. And uh, from a from a pullback perspective, as as an audience, I mean, the the visual of the young Ahsoka, again portrayed by Ariana Greenblatt, uh, it's striking in the sense that like we're watching. And this this podcast, as you know, is very critical of the Jedi, of the Jedi Order. But we're literally watching them put a child into warfare. I mean, that is insanity, right? Like, no compunction at all from the Jedi Order about putting children in the middle of a war. Because, well, they're Jedi children, right? So that means it's okay. It's insane when you think about it in those terms. I mean, again, you're you're. it's one thing when you're watching the animated series, but... Seeing a a, a real-life person, a child actor, portraying a child soldier, that's that's got some elements to it that are, like, really dark in a a lot of wild, wild ways. Uh, And and again, if you think the Jedi were ever going to come out of the Clone Wars in one piece, uh, you were sorely mistaken, because they were clearly doomed to fall. (laughs) But just just these actions alone, these Jedi Knights taking these young children Padawans into battle with them. Insanity. But it's a pivotal moment for Ahsoka because it's the beginning of her journey. And so we get to the second flashback moment, which is at the end of her journey. And one that Anakin recognizes, or does not, or fails to recognize because he wasn't there for it. Which is seeing Ahsoka in battle, in the Siege of Mandalore, cutting down Darth Maul's Mandalorian forces. It's awesome to see that happen. We get a a, a, a Captain Rex cameo, Tamora Morrison with with a cameo appearance in this. No face, just the vocals, but still a nice touch. And, and and seeing these these moments of the Clone Wars brought to life from animation to to uh, live action, uh, really stellar stuff. But it's it's all about Ahsoka sort of exploring her journey, and and, and you know wondering if she can be a, a a Jedi for peace now. You know she was raised in the war. Can she can she not be a soldier any longer? Can she be a better master than she was the first time around to Sabine, and you also have to look at it in the sense of Anakin, right? Because Anakin failed many people when he fell, right? 
He, he failed the Jedi Order. He failed those junglings that he slaughtered in the temple. Uh, uh, he failed everyone who was with him at that moment. But Ahsoka, because she wasn't there for that, in the sense, uh, again, in one sense, he definitely fails her. But Anakin, as a, as a master, as a teacher to Ahsoka Tano, he gave her the, all the tools that she needed to come out of the Clone Wars alive and not be dead and not get killed. And it was... It's a pretty impressive moment for her to have to kind of ponder these things and to wrestle with it as she, again, looks for, looks for a better understanding of her legacy and what it means to be the, the student of, of Anakin Skywalker. And if, as he says, you know, everything that he is is in her, but she's still herself. She still makes her choices. She still knows the path that she's on. And that's ultimately where we go when they have another confrontation at the end, where it seems like she doesn't want to fight. She's making the wrong choices. She's choosing death over life, in the sense. Because, again, the, the world between worlds scene is strange. I cannot lie. Is, is Ahsoka dying and, you know, in, in, the, in reality as she's having this conversation with Anakin in the world between worlds? Or is she in the world between worlds and not yet in the in the body of water on Cephas. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of mysticism stuff. You just kind of kind of go with a lot of it. I would be curious to hear everyone's reactions because I mean, you know, again, she could be in the water for you know just minutes, really, and this whole thing could be happening in her in her in the world between worlds or in her mind, uh, very very quickly. So I'm sort of interested in your thoughts on that. But it does seem like Hera and everybody are are searching for quite some time. So I'd like to think that she wasn't underwater there, there that entire time, because that would be just silly, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, so them having that moment, Anakin and Ahsoka having that conversation, uh, there's one part of it that I, I do want to play for you guys when it, get, when it turns and gets a little dark. And again, this is Ahsoka basically confronting herself and, and the things that are inside of her. Uh, I think that's sort of what we have to remember here. It's like, is, you know, is Anakin's darkness part of her? Because she fears that it is. So she must confront that fear. And, you know, as she confronts the fear, she will have to see, is she, is she going to make the same choices that Anakin made to fall to the dark side? So I want to play a, a, a clip from that, just prior to their, their second duel. Here we go. All right, so here we go. It's the whole little thing here where he even talks about him, the, the whole thing with legacy. Let's do it. Ahsoka, within you will be everything I am. All the knowledge I possess, just as I inherited knowledge from my master and he from his. We're part of a legacy. But my part of that legacy is one of death and war. But you're more than that, because I'm more than You are more Anakin, but more powerful and dangerous than anyone realized. Is that what this is about? If I am everything you are... You've learned nothing. Don't say that. Back to the beginning. I gave you a choice. Live. Die. 
And so that's another great moment when he fires up that lightsaber again. But this time, it's the red blade of Vader. Uh, because, again, Anakin's duality is a key part of him now, uh, even in the world between worlds. And this is, and we saw it when, in the first, sh- uh, first flashback on, on what we believe to be Ryloth. Anakin charging into battle, and then as like the, the, the lighting changes around him, we see the shape of Vader and the red blade. And they, that's, a, that's a visual image they use quite a bit in this episode, the shifting back and forth from Anakin to Vader, Anakin to Vader. But this time, uh, when, the, when the blade comes on, it is the red blade of Vader, and that's, uh, we get sort of dark Anakin from here on out with the red eyes of the Sith. Uh, and we see that moment come for Ahsoka as she taps into the darkness that's inside of her as well. We saw a flash of that last week when she threw Shin Hati against the, against the rock. You know, a, a, an emotional lashing out right there. So we, we, know, we know that darkness is in Ahsoka, but it's all about the choices that she makes. And that's what it comes down to. Because as that red Sith eye forms in Ahsoka, she makes the choice not to kill Anakin in that moment. And thus sort of passing her Jedi trials in a sense. And I think it's a really, really powerful, well-executed scene once again. Uh, and it also has a connection in my mind to Empire Strikes Back when Luke's in the cave on Dagobah, when he doesn't make the right choice, when he lashes out with his with his emotions, with his anger, and kills Vader, but only to find his own face beneath the mask. Uh, it's 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 like that, but different. And in a sense, it's it feels like <laughs> it feels like some Star Wars piling on 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 the Luke Skywalker and and sort of tarnishing his legacy. But that's, that's, again, that is for a different episode of the podcast. But let's stay focused on Ahsoka. And this is a pivotal moment for her because now she's been tested. And she's come out the other side knowing and feeling more connected to the light than she had prior to this. She had to confront her darkness and the fear within her, and she passed the test. So uh, this is also when, in reality, Hera, with the help of Chopper and Jason... And, and the, the, the X-Wing pilots like, like, uh, like Carson Teva, they find Ahsoka's body in the water and as, as she sort of completes this trial with Anakin in the World Between Worlds. And they're able to rescue her. And she, as she comes back to a day later after her ordeal, uh, she is more connected to the light before. And it's, you see it in Rosario's performance that she now looks lighter on her feet, not burdened by uh, uh, a fear of her legacy, fear of her role, her place in the galaxy, in, in a sense. So she's more connected down to the light, and we see that reflected with her costume change. Because as she goes from uh, <laughs> Ahsoka the Grey to Ahsoka the White, in, in another Lord of the Rings reference here that we can't seem to shake, uh, now we get an Ahsoka that is more in line with, I think, what we all were sort of expecting to see from the character. Uh, it, it's first noticed when, with her interaction with Jason, but particularly with what happens at the end of the episode. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But let's kind of... Yeah, I think that actually I think I hit everything I wanted to talk about with the duels. Um, yeah, I actually I, I did it. For once I hit all my talking points without having to loop back around again. So, hey, all right. So... <laughs> Uh, now it's time for, for us to figure out exactly what happened to Sabine. Ahsoka is able to pick up an echo off of the, the, the map sphere that's been cut in half by, by Balin Skull. Uh, 
not only does she figure out that she's gone with them, but as she ponders these things, she begins to come up with a way to track them down. And it's big surprise. We predicted it. I'm sure I was again. Sure, I wasn't the only one. The Pergil will be uh, the the way to the other galaxy where Ezra and Thrawn dwell, and where Sabine may be headed to right now. And, and again, this lighter version of, 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 of Ahsoka, now more connected to the light side of the Force, and more, again, I think more her old self, uh, draped in white, goes out on her spaceship, and communes with like the mother of, the mother of all Purgle, and, and, and convinces her that uh, riding Pinocchio style, or, or Jonah style, I suppose, uh, is the way to go to get them to the other galaxy. So Huang parks the ship in the mouth of the Purgle, and they're going to go off together to another galaxy in the Star Wars universe now, right? <laughs> and this is also when the New Republic is boldly interfering with the plan. Uh, I do want to mention Carson Teva's attempts to stall uh, are rebuffed, and it isn't until he decides to tell the truth that that buys them enough time that uh, General Sindula's plan can kind of work, and they have the time allotted so that Ahsoka can persuade the Purgle to give them give them a, a, a let them hitchhike <laughs> to to another galaxy with them. Uh, but it ends on a big bad note with well, I shouldn't say big bad, but a big note, a cool moment with with the, uh, us seeing again for the first time in non animation, even though they're computer animated, uh, the Purgle taking off using their abilities to to transverse hyperspace, right? With Ahsoka in their mouth, Huang in their mouth, but leaving Harris and Dula behind, which I feel is a mistake. I, I'm really wishing Hera had more of a chance to shine in the series so far, but she's sort of been relegated to uh, a, a general mired in red tape. Uh, yes, she she acted on her own. She's going to get in trouble for it, but I, I wish she was more defiant earlier on and was was the one going with them, right? I wish the entire Rebels crew was re, 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 reunited. I still don't understand why Zeb's not here. Callus uh, would have been great, too. Uh, you know, there, there was an opportunity for all these things to happen, and I'm, I'm a little surprised that it hasn't happened in that fashion, but, I mean, the show is titled Ahsoka, so there you go. That might be the answer to our questions right there. But it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a big episode. A lot of things happen. Uh, and again, I get it. The show's named Ahsoka, but I'm a little bummed. We didn't get any any time with with Balin or, or Shin Hati. We still haven't seen Thrawn yet. No hints of Ezra Bridger. Uh, and, you know, we're at episode five. There's three left. <laughs> so I'm sort of chomping at the bit here to get some Thrawn action in, in my life. And it just hasn't come to be yet just yet. And that is sort of bumming me out a little bit because I need it. I want it. I want that Thrawn action in my life. And... Yeah, it would just sort of bum me out if we don't get to start seeing the bad guys being bad guys here pretty soon. Again, the character development and the emotional journey that, that Ahsoka's on right now is awesome and interesting. I just wish we were balancing it out a little bit more with you know, the things that I want from the bad guys. Like, I want to know more about Balin Skull and Shin Hati. I want to know, what's their deal? Why can't I figure out their deal? Why won't anyone tell me what their deal is? Um, you know, there's there's a lot to get into in the show for three more episodes so I, I hope we give the bad guys a little bit more focus because uh, I, I would really like to understand them better and, and their motives for doing what they're doing. But that's just my wish list. This episode is totally awesome. It's nine and a half buckets right off the jump. And I can't wait to watch it again tonight. It's going to be a super rad good time.
because I really dig it. It's a lot of fun. And again, there's a lot of layers and complexity. There's a lot of things you can pull out from that conversation that Ahsoka and Anakin are having with each other. There's a lot of good things in there. Uh, and and I, I, I look forward to watching it again and maybe seeing one or two more things, and we'll bring them up on next week's podcast. So yeah, nine and a half buckets. Great episode, everybody. Uh, you know, I, I, I want more from the show. I don't know how much more I can get. My, maybe my expectations are just too gosh darn high, but I'm loving what we're getting, and it's nine and a half buckets, and I'm so happy with this episode personally. Cannot wait. And I think that's all my main talking points here. Uh, we did we did it, folks. We hit on all the big ones, and I got through it in a fairly succinct manner without, without too much rambling and running around. So, hey, let's wrap this show up, all right? Thank you, uh, Buckethead Nation. You are the best. You are the, my favorite Star Wars fans, and I'm so glad you guys stick around every week to listen to me talk on this show. Um, I don't want the, the, There may be some things coming up in the, for the show down the road. I don't want to talk about them just yet. They're in the very early planning stages. Um, but I'm so glad you're here. Stay tuned. I, I think there's going to be some big, fun things coming up, and I'll keep you all posted on them uh, as soon as I'm ready to talk about them more. Uh, but but know that I'm always looking to, for ways to improve the show. So uh, thank you for sticking around and being awesome. Uh, Nargai Tom. Uh... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry, Nargai Tom, and this is the Men Division Podcast. Thank you again for checking out and supporting all the small independent Star Wars podcasts that are out there. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say that you, everybody who takes the time to download and listen to our shows, we truly, truly appreciate you all. And again, the members of Buckethead Nation are my personal favorites because you're checking out this show, and that means the world to me. Re- hit us up on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter slash X and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And another great way to support the podcast, if possible or so inclined, is to give us sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews, if that is something that your podcast listening format allows you to do. They really do help the small and independent podcast like us stand out and not get lost in the shuffle of all the those big mass-produced corporate podcasts that are out there trifling, stomping all over us with their ads and their, genera- their revenue-generating stuff. We don't do that anymore. We couldn't hack it. <laughs> Anyways, my friends, thank you. Continue to be great Star Wars fans. Continue to bring people to this show. It seems like new member, new audience members are liking the show a lot. This may be a good entry point for them for Star Wars. It's, it's a great character, and it's someone that I think people are able to connect with really, really well. And it's full of nice performances, too. And I can't wait to see what this new lighter uh, Ahsoka brings to the table next week in, in Part 6. So, yeah, that's that. Let's get out of here, my friends. We'll be back next week. We'll be more on time next week. There shouldn't be any hiccups in the production schedule. So uh, that would mean a show out by midday on Wednesday, much earlier than today's will be out. But, hey, we're going to do our best, okay? All right. (laughs) All right, remember, Bucketheads, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Hey, I have an idea. Hu Yang, why don't you show Jason inside your starship? I've been in a starship before. A Jedi starship? Come along. I'll show you the training room. You have a training room in your starship? Will you train me? No. Do you know how to build a lightsaber? Yes. Will you teach me? No. No.